Christ clean me up. Christ clean me up. I ain't got a stain and I'm feeling brand new. Yeah, 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 yeah. Christ clean me up. Yeah, I'm like this. The gospel, my friend, made me righteous. Now I'm walking like Christ in his likeness. I can't live the same, I don't desire it. Hold on, man. We're gonna do it like this. Yeah, I'm like this. The gospel, my friend, made me righteous. Walking like Christ in his likeness. Can't live the same, I don't desire it. Cause I admire him. Yeah, boy, I'm like this. The gospel changed me up, I got a new frame. Can't live the same, I got a new brain. New eyes, new Righteous all because of Christ did Be conformed to his likeness New man's priceless Yeah, he didn't leave me in the muck and mire He constantly cleaning me up He giving new desires By his grace ain't living the same Living in shame, living unashamed Living to give glory to his name Christians repent, we had a change of mind So we literally ain't seeing the same New frame, new frame hey, hey, Yeah, my faith in God brought new actions Before I chase worldly passions Righteous, hey brothers, no longer blind. Yeah, I'm like this. The gospel, my friend, made me righteous. Walking like Christ in his likeness. Can't live the same, I don't desire it. Cause I admire him. Yeah, boy, I'm like this. The gospel changed me up, I got a new brain. Can't live the same, I got a new brain. New eyes, new heart, can't do the same. Yeah, got a new name. Yeah, boy, I'm like this. <laughs> I don't know what happened uh, with my mic. No, I'm not on mute. That's the weird thing. Hold on, hold, hold on, hold on. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up. We're just gonna have to go with this today. I don't know what's going on, but it's all good. It is all good. All right, we're gonna, how, how do I, 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 I know my sound's probably terrible right now, but it is what it is. Um, I don't know what happened. That that hasn't happened in a long time. Thought I got everything worked out, but it's all good. It is all good. Today we are going to be responding. We're going to be responding to uh <laughs> yeah, about my, my lies. Well, I look, I look, I'm uh, a little rusty here, right? But yeah, I hope y'all like that song. It is off the album uh Social Distortion. You want to check that out. Like this, right? The gospel has made us righteous. But it is, you know, other than the sound thing, it it, it is a good day for Waterloo. It is a good day for Waterloo. Uh, <laughs> you're going to need it after this video. 
You're going to need it after we get into some of the content that we get in today. But uh, I want one thing I did was, you know, William Murphy has been going viral right after his Mr. Walk It Out, Mr. Swag Surf, Mr. Bring the World into the Church rather than the church go out into the world like the Bible says, right? You know, he I, I decided to say, hey, let me go back further in the vault of William Murphy. Let me listen to some sermons that he's done in the past, right? Surely it can't be that bad, right? Now, obviously it is since we're doing this live, right? But I said, hey, let me go back and listen further. And let me just say this. There is a problem there's a problem with many preachers. Usually by the time they go viral, that's actually not the most bad part. If you go back prior and listen to sermons, you know, a year ago, which what I did, I listened to a sermon a year ago from um, William Murphy. And let me just say this. You know, it, it'll, it'll have you saying this. No, 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 no. You know, something like... Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. It has been bad for quite some time. And something tells me if I was to look into the vault, right? If I was to look into the vault of William Murphy and um, go back, it would actually be even worse. It would be other, uh, you know, heresies that might divulge. But you know how we do it here on All Things Theology. We want to get right into the topic. And so that's what we'll do. We'll start it off with a little Bible today. So yes, we're going to be getting into some Bible today. So have your Bible ready, have your web browser open, and we can follow along the text as William Murphy explains us some, uh, I need an adjective fitting, some asinine exegesis. How about that? That's, that's going to be the new word for the all things theology when there's major heresy or bad teaching. Asinine exegesis. He got again, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. I need you to put an emphasis on the me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring to who? To the poor. I want this. Here's the message. This season of your life, write this down, Dina Jones. Monique, write this down. This season of my life is called rich. Now, they're, they're all excited, right? Because he's told them, right, uh, what they wanted to hear, exactly what they wanted to hear, right? The season of their life is called rich. And so you hear the, woo, right? They're, they're excited. Now, we're going to actually look at Luke 4.18 and ask ourselves the question. We're going to ask ourselves this question. Is Luke 4.18 a passage about how you can be rich, right? One thing you need to be asking yourself when a pastor is making a point, is the point of the passage, is the point of the sermon the point of the passage, right? Because if the point of the sermon is not the point of the passage, he just used the Bible to say ultimately what he wanted to say. Shout out to Shailene for that quote, you know, expository preaching. You know, this is why expository preaching is very important. You know, this is how you can see. This is why I'm a, uh, a um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Corey says, this was a bad one. He says, this was one of the worst sermons a Christian could hear and not explode. You're right. You're right. This is, this is a bad sermon. But I'm going to let him finish it out. And we're actually going to look at Luke 418 to say, is it talking about you being rich? You know, and let me just say this. I would argue just because the word is not there doesn't mean that's not the point of the passage, right? We have to be careful of, um, you know, 
hyper-literalism, right? You know, a lot of people do this with the denial of the Trinity. Well, the Trinity is not in there, therefore the passage isn't about that. But we're going to see the concept of being uh, physically rich because that's what he's talking about. He's talking about cheddar, money, your dough, uh, stacks. What's, what's some, more, you know, some more words for getting rich? That's what he's talking about. So let's, let's keep this going. I need you to say it like you ain't scared of money. This season... My, I don't have enough of y'all talking. This season of my life is called, notice I didn't say chapter, I said season. This season of my life is called, mm -hmm, y'all still saying rich like y'all ain't, like y'all, I, I, I don't like the way that sound. Y'all sound poor. I, 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 need you, I need you to say it like it's a prophetic decree. So, you know, you're sounding poor. <laughs> you know, I could not help but think about uh, Revelation 3, where though he claims to be rich, he is poor and blind. That is actually a passage, prophetic passage about William Murphy. Since we want to talk about prophetic uh, passages, that is actually prophetic of uh, William Murphy. But like I said, we're going to look at Luke 4, right? Uh, we're going to look at this passage and ask ourselves, does, is it teaching what William Murphy just taught? I think we'll obviously come to the emphatic question of no, but remember a couple things. In Luke 4, you have Jesus actually defeating uh, satanic temptation. You know, let's, 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 let's bring that out, right? Um, you know, Jesus literally defeats for 40 days satanic temptation, right? And after that, he's been empowered by the, by the Spirit, and what does being empowered by the Spirit look like for Jesus? He comes teaching in the temple, in the synagogue. I love that. That is some great, <laughs> you know, you know, you want to be like Jesus, empowered by the Spirit? Let's teach, right? Let's teach what he taught. Uh, that's literally what you have in verse 15. And he taught in the synagogues, right? He taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue. Uh, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. So this was a, a custom of Jesus where he would go, and it seems plausible as well that he would do some teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath day as well, right? And he stood up and read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. Check that out, right? He's given a scroll. And he's given the scroll of Isaiah. And what does Jesus do with great hermeneutic, uh, Christocentric hermeneutic? He finds himself in the passage. That's because that's the point of Isaiah. That's because that is the sum of all the Bible. Jesus tells us, funny enough, in Luke 24, 44. All the Psalms, right? The prophets are about him. So Jesus rightly exegetes Luke or at rather Isaiah 61, which is about to be quoted, and he finds himself in the text. As I just said, that's because that was the point all along. Let's continue reading. Um, he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I said, right? Uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You know, William Murphy quotes this passage, but notice the fulfillment of this passage, as we're going to see, is about Jesus, not us. This passage cannot be appointed to us because ultimately this is about the anointed one, 
and there is truly only one anointed one. Now we are anointed ones, right? We have been anointed because we are in Christ, but there is only true, truly one anointed one. Hope that uh, distinction makes sense, but let's continue with the passage of, of Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Notice what the spirit is doing to Christ. He's the spirit is anointing me to proclaim good news to the poor. Right. He has sent me, the anointed one still, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering sight to the blind to set to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I love this. I love this. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. They're, they're waiting. Okay, what are you going to explain about this passage? Right? And what does he say? He began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. My goodness, this would be shocking, right? That's why they marveled at these gracious words. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? They're, they're perplexed how this passage today is being fulfilled. And matter of fact, proof of this Jesus goes on literally to cast out demons next and to heal those who are, uh, you know, uh, afflicted. But we want to stick on this point about the good news to the poor. My friends, what is the good news to poor people? That they can be physically rich? <laughs> My friends, if that's the good news, then many of us, especially, you know, think of third world countries, are are woefully lost, right? If the good news is be rich physically, my friends, most of the population, because uh, matter of fact, it's a, it's it's an impossibility. Uh, matter, Jesus says the poor will always be with you. The good news of the gospel is not, you know, the good news to the poor is not you can be rich. The good news to the poor to the outcast, to the afflicted, to the, uh, what did he say? To the oppressed is that though their condition is this way, they still, they can be saved. They can be made right and receive the riches of Christ. And that is not talking about financial status, but it's talking about his righteousness imputed to them by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, no amount of money can make you right before God. Now, is it a sin to be rich? Absolutely not. There's not a be sin to be rich. But it is a sin to preach what William Murphy just taught to them. That the, the good news to the poor is richness. That, my friends, that is a false gospel. That is a false gospel, if I've ever heard one. Again, you, you go down this passage notice he says it's fulfilled and nobody actually got monetarily rich off this sermon, right? Nobody actually got, uh, you know, what, what, what did Tim Ross say? Nobody actually got bread in their pocket, but they receive the bread from heaven by faith. And so hopefully that exegesis was helpful. 
Um, we'll hear more what uh, Mr. William Murphy has to say about this passage. But one thing I want to do is I thought this was strange. Now, this is kind of going to be up by on the point. He makes this point in the sermon that, you know, it's about compassion and love. OK, that's fine. Right. Somehow he got to Damar Hamlin, COVID. I, I, I mean, it took a wild turn, but he applied the hypostatic union to us. And I believe that this that God allows situations like this to occur every now and again to create what's called a type of hypostatic union where God exposes our humanity and reveals his divinity for the purpose of demonstrating his love for mankind through mankind. Let me say this. The hypostatic union is not about you. There is no other kind or type of hypostatic union. The hypostatic union is about Christ. It is uh, him, fully God, fully man, two natures in one person. Um, the, I, I was actually, I was actually shocked that he, well, I shouldn't be shocked. I don't know why. Maybe I'm the problem, right? But I was shocked a bit that he tried to apply the hypostatic union about us. My friends, when you are rooted in man-centered theology, when you're rooted in narcissus, eisegesis, right? You will find any kind of parallel even to that which isn't about you. You know, I've heard people make the Trinity about them, centered and focused on them. Um, and so, yeah, but what we want to do is keep it moving here. We're going to return to this theme of rich. Let's get it. Today, God told me to decree this prophetically. The scripture is being fulfilled in your hearing. God told me to decree prophetically over you and over your family that this season of your life is called rich. So Luke 14, Luke 4, 18 is supposed to be some kind of parallel that he can prophetically declare to you. Now, when some, when, let, let's be real. <laughs> when people say they have a prophetic word for you, generally what they mean is you can't find it anywhere in the Bible. So don't go searching for it. Right. There's a charismatic catchphrase for, yeah, it's not in the Bible, but I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you uh, prophecy. Right. I'm giving you fresh rhema. You ever heard things like that? That's essentially what they're admitting to. Yeah, this isn't in the Bible, but God told me to tell you. Right. God told me to tell you this prophetic word. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's code word for it's not in the Bible, William Murphy. And because it's not in the Bible, I, ha I am under no obligation to believe it especially when it contradicts the Bible. Yeah, was that you, Nina? Because ain't nobody else feeling me, huh? Somebody talk to me in the balcony. This season of my life... Call Rich. This, this, this good news. And we're going to get into this later, but he has a, a, a... You know, I'm trying to come up with the appropriate word for this. He has a... Um, Oh, let me just say it very plainly. He has a he likes declaring to them something that's going to happen for the new year, right? We've we've heard that. We'll play that in a second. But remember, he he promised them just this last year or this New Year's that everybody's going to have three houses. And so, but this sermon was last year, and he promised them that everybody's going to be rich. Now, I want to I would love to do a survey in his church to see if that actually happened. Newsflash: I'm very positive it didn't happen. Right. Um, so God told him, tell them that their year, the year is they will be rich. 
why 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 is never the uh God's declaration about them being more holy. You, you, you don't actually really hear that. The, the year, uh, the, you know, what's, you know, charismatics, they got a uh, phrase of the year. You know, it's your season. Come in now, right? It's never more holiness. <laughs> Interesting, right? But we will keep playing. Poor. Let's tap somebody telling this good news to the poor. This, this, and some of y'all don't know it because you in your feelings, but I need you to tap into the spirit because the season is shifting for you right now. <laughs> so you need to tap in the season. If, I, if you can't hear it, it's because you need to tap in. You want to know one of the texts that actually, I mean, destroys what he's saying? Let, let, you know, we're going to give you some Bible today. Acts chapter 3, verses 6. When Peter is dealing with a poor beggar, he's dealing with a poor beggar. Now, ask yourself, the answer is obvious. Ask yourself, did Peter give the same message that William Murphy did? No, 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 no. No. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. He did not. What did he say? Silver and gold I have not. To, you know, I have the KJV. You know, I like that reading. <laughs> I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. And what did he give to him? Christ. My friends, and this is going to come up later. This is going to come up later. You don't have to be rich to give people good news. Matter of fact, you could be the poorest of them all and give good news. Right? Thankfully, the gospel is not sufficient based on our financial status. Now, he's literally going to say that later. Guys, stick around. Stick around. You don't want to miss it. We're going to keep going with this clip here. I just need about, I don't know how many of y'all in here, but I just, listen, this ain't the time to be prideful. I, I just need those of you who your money been funny and your change been strange. I just need you to get up and prophesy and decree and declare my season is shifting. You know, the only thing funny and strange in this sermon, sir, is your doctrine. Now, that's funny and strange. It's heretical, too. But notice to the people, it, you know, he berates them. Um if he berates them that, you know, if, you know, they don't have the pretty much the financial status that they want to have, they need to declare it. They need to essentially command it in the atmosphere. So, I mean, you know, one of the, one of the, um, problematic things about, uh, prosperity teaching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Money to me now in Jesus name, right? The classic Creflo clip, right? Um, one of the things about these false teachers in the prosperity gospel, pimps, is which I despise so much, is they literally teach people that their life's ambition, God's biggest blessing from them is their physical uh, status, whether that be money or health. And so you teach people literally to envy, even if they weren't before, to envy physical, uh, this physical status, you know, whether that's money or anything, right? And so, yeah, let's keep going. Right now, say it, my season is shifting. My season is 
season is shifting right now. You gotta have the Oregon. And 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 the days of living at a disadvantage are behind me. Say it. The day, write that down, Jones. The day, Gwen, write that down. The days of living at a disadvantage are behind me. From today forward, from today forward, from today forward, Jamal, your testimony will be, I am. Y'all got the Holy Ghost over here. Look, somebody open your mouth, say, I am. So from this day forward, their testimony will be, I am rich. And just in case you're like, oh, maybe he means spiritually. <laughs> Absolutely not. I've listened to the sermon. He's very clear that he's talking about money. And apparently that's what Luke 4, 18 is about. But obviously, uh, you know, it's not. Yeah. Where is the Bible student in this? Um, you know, I can't call it a church in this room auditorium. It's not a church in a building with a stage where the performer, because not a pastor, where the performer literally is telling them whatever they want to hear. You know, I don't doubt that this may sound like good news, but it is not the good news of scripture. It is good news for money grubbing people who desire to be rich, right? But it's not the good news of the gospel. It's not the good news that the Bible speaks of. Well, just in case you're wondering, <laughs> he's like, just in case you may be wondering, I put a short up of, the, of this recently. Many of you may have seen this where he literally puts money as the solution to many of their problems. Some of you may have seen that. If not, let me play that here. I was trying to flip this, but, but you know, this, this I got to keep it in, 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 what is it, uh, Tia, in hermeneutic order. I got to, <laughs> I got to make sure that, that my homiletics are right. So, I, so I can't flip it. I don't think he really knows what the words really mean, but let's go ahead. I got to read it the way that it was written. God says the first thing I'm going to do is bring good news to the poor. Y'all, I need you to tap five people and tell them God about to get your money right. Y'all, I need go find five people. I'm now, again, what he said about the passage and what the passage says is nowhere. Nowhere in the passage did God say I'm about to get your money right. He inserts that into the passage. See, he sees good, no, good news to the poor. And he says, well, that must mean they're going to be rich. Right? Give you, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to go find five people and tell them God about to get your money right. I know you're trying to get your spirit right, but God said the first thing I'm going to do is get your money right. See, I know you're trying to see, you hear that? I know you're trying to get your money right. But the but notice, or sorry, he says, I know you're trying to get your spirit right, but the first thing God's going to do for you, not get your spirit right, get your money right. So apparently the, the main thing God is concerned about is not our spirit, but the bread in our pocket, quoting Tim Ross, right? This could not be the, any more unbiblical. Any more unbiblical? Like, where is that in the Bible? God's chief concern is our bread in our pocket? Our money? Maybe Satan's main agenda is you to get rich. Think about all the passages you know. What, what, what was David's confession? 
Lord, let me not be rich, that, right, that I may forget you. Obviously, he didn't want to be poor so that he may steal. He wanted to be content. Just have enough, right? Just have enough. But William Murphy's like, no, nah, I'm not just trying to make it by. I, I, I don't even want enough. We want to be rich. He wants to be rich, not in spirit, but in pockets. But if you think that was bad, if you think that was bad, right? Wait until you hear this. Half of your issue is you ain't got nothing. Half of your spiritual issues would go away if you just had enough money to meet your needs. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. No, 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 no. Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Hey, yo, who man's is this? Did y'all hear that? Half of your sin issues would go away. Well, we're we gonna go back. We're gonna take you back. Let's, let's hear that again. Half of your spiritual issues would go away if you just had enough money to meet your needs. Half of your spiritual issues would go away <laughs> if essentially if you had enough money my friends money generally doesn't make me people better it actually exposes the problems there all along you ever see people that they get money and people are like man you change no they didn't change the true them came out you know it one could actually argue one could argue more money <laughs> right more problems right not to quote the rapper but more sin problems, right? Because now you have a, a access to get all the sin you were actually craving. You know, many men have been, you know, uh, all they needed was a little money. And now they, they have this entourage of prostitutes, drugs. They wanted that stuff all along. Now they have the money and the means to get what they've actually desired in the heart. No, my friends, more money does not solve majority of your spiritual problems rather it's exposing them yeah where is that in the bible sir william <laughs> not sir william but william this nowhere in the bible you're just making this up you know for a long length of, of the sermon he's just talking without pointing people to the passage now this supposedly is all coming from luke 4 18 so far, it's the only verse he's ever read in the sermon. He re reads one at the end. It has nothing to do with the sermon he's talked about. He's only read Luke 4.18, and somehow Luke 4.18 is teaching you your spiritual problems are because you don't have enough money. No, sir. Though you claim to be rich, you are the one poor, naked, and blind, sir. Revelation 3.17. The reason you can't stop fornicating is because you ain't got enough money. No, 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 no. What? What? Huh? Bruh. The reason, the reason why you can't stop fornicating is because you don't have enough money? 
I'm at a loss of words. I am at a loss of words. I'm at a loss. Guys. Ain't nobody got time for that. No. Where are you getting this, sir? How? You know what? Here's how we know it's false. Look, if you didn't know any Bible at all, you would know that's stupid, foolish, and heretical. Because ultimately what he's telling us, if you had more money, you would fornicate less. <laughs> but think of the biggest fornicators you know in America. Guess what? Majority of them have a lot of money. So that actually doesn't solve your issue. Yes, me and some friends, dear woke Christian, brother Rick Caldwell, have been coming up with a phrase, or I've been borrowing their phrase, to be, Atlanta must be stopped. Atlanta must be stopped. Some of the biggest false teachers reside right now in Atlanta. And you want to know the problem? These people are cheering this madness. I got to look in your face. I got to look in your eyeballs. I got to get close to you. These people are cheering this madness. What? Sir, this is foolishness. This is quite foolishness, but they're up there yelling this. Foolish, sir. N no Bible. He's proud of it, too. He's proud of that heretical statement. Can we just keep it real? But it's going to get worse. You need that extra money. Watch your mouth in church. Don't be. You ever heard something so sad? that it made you cry, you know? <laughs> My goodness, William Murphy, sir, you are one of the most unfit men to lead a church that I've ever seen. And, and I've reviewed Mike Todd, <laughs> right? I don't even know if he would say something as outlandish and foolish as that. Maybe he would. Maybe I'm just too nice to Mike Todd right now. But the point is, that was dumb, you know? Being broke, being rich is no actual, um, what do you call it? It's, it's no uh, analysis of your spiritual state. You can be rich and a heathen. You could be poor and a heathen. You could be rich and righteous. You could be poor and righteous. But look what he's, look what he's t telling these people. Look what he's urging these people, stirring their hearts to desire. More money will solve all your problems. Doesn't that, doesn't that sound like, doesn't that sound exactly like what Satan would tell you? Isn't, isn't that a similar message that Satan gave to Jesus on the mount? Speaking of Luke 4, right? Serve me and all, all, all this will be yours. 
I'll give you everything. <laughs> It'll solve all your problems. My goodness. Ugh, that was terrible. Sorry, that was terrible. But more scripture twisting. More scripture twisting, just in case you thought we were done. Y'all was flowing a minute ago. Come on. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed my pastor. The Spirit of the Lord is upon my pastor. Spirit of the Lord is upon Bishop Jakes. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because what? Now, he takes this passage about Jesus, right? Uh, Luke 4.18. This is not a passage for us. This is a messianic passage about Christ. It would be like taking Isaiah 53 and applying it to yourself. <laughs> it would be absurd. Jesus is the only one who liberates, who sets the captives free, who heals. He is the only one who does that. But you got all, you got the member, you, you've already got the crowd stirred up. You can literally say anything at this point, and they would, yeah, me, me, right? You know, they, they don't care what you're saying now. You've already got them confessed to a, to a, a heretical statement. Now, now this is just icing on the cake. Luke 4.18, sir, is not about you. But they, he's anointed me, everybody. He's anointed me. No. Come, your, you, your voice too low on that me. Come on. Because he has anointed me to do what? I'm getting ahead of myself, but how you going to bring good news to the poor if you poor? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So apparently Bill Gates is the most qualified person to preach the gospel. You know, Donald Trump is, uh, you know, qualified to preach the gospel. Because remember, what he, notice what he just said. You, you, how you, can you bring good news to the poor if you yourself is poor? Shots fired at Peter when he said, silver and gold I do not have. So therefore, according to William Murphy, Peter actually could not bring good news. You see, you see how actually problematic this is? Peter, when he was in prison, he had no money. He had no bread in his pocket. Apparently could not give any good news. I, I mean, does anybody in there have their Bible open? I mean, he doesn't even have his Bible in the pulpit. Does anybody have the Bible open in that church? Is there anybody with the Spirit of God in there saying, wait a second, this isn't what the Bible teaches. Is there anybody who has the Spirit of God in there? That's what I'm genuinely asking. <laughs> anybody? Because I'm asking myself, th there can't be. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no, no way, no, boy. No, no, no. There can't be because someone with the Spirit of God would say, hold on. No, sir. Jesus wasn't rich physically. I'm not saying he was the most poor person in, in, in Israel, but he wasn't balling out with chariots. He didn't have 24-inch chariot wheels. Right? He wasn't fleecing the flock. But apparently we, you are unable. You know, I can't imagine there being a poor person in this room. That would be the most terrible news. You are unable to give a rich person the good news because you don't have enough money as them. 
terrible. God said the first thing I'm gonna do for you is help you get your money right. And we've already established Luke 418 is not teaching that at all. So he gives us an opportunity to send your money across the globe. Watch this. And then God said, what I'm trying to do for you, I, my mind is so made up to bless you, it's going to cost you half of what you thought it was going to cost. Oh my goodness. Do me a favor, tap somebody, tell them every day you wake up this year, you're going to wake up to some good God news. Good God. And notice what the good God news is not the righteousness of Christ imputed to us by faith as substitutionary, penal substitution, death. That's not the good God news. You, you see how actually twisted this is? He is actually exchanging the good God news for something low as riches. This is why it's so dangerous and heretical. Notice what he wants them thinking first thing in the morning. The good God news is being rich. Again, get your money, but that's not the good news. That is not the good news. It's not the good God news either. It is nowhere in the Bible talk. Every day you wake up, you're going to wake up to some good God news. Yeah, I need you to say it. Say it with the ugly face. Good God. Yeah. Watch it. And the bitter, the bitter good news that God told me to give you today is you, if you obey him, you will never be broke. I want you to listen to what was said. I want you to listen to what was said because he, he just taught them a works gospel. He just taught them a works gospel. Remember, the good news is being rich. And if you obey, you'll never be poor again. You'll always be rich. So it's, the good news is predicated on our obedience. My friends, that's a false gospel. Freely we receive, freely we give. The good news came to us graciously, mercifully. We did nothing to deserve it, nothing to earn it, all by the gracious, meritorious work of our Lord Jesus Christ. But notice what he's promising them, money. If you obey, you will get. He just literally presented them a false gospel. And he, again, we're going to play, play this in a second, but he has a, a, a uh, he, he loves to promise them something he can't, he can't actually bank on. But you know what I can promise you? If you trust in Jesus Christ, you will be saved today. It's one of the evangelism. When I go out sharing the gospel is what I tell people. You don't have to wait till you go home. You can be saved today. Don't wait till you go home for tomorrow you may perish. My friends, how is this good news to the person who's on cancer dying right now in their bed? Money, no amount of money will solve their problem. They're, they're, they have two weeks to live. How is that good news? It's not. But you know what? No matter your state in life, 
If you trust in Christ, that is good news. That is good news. See, this boils me up because he is damning these people to hell right now. And I know a lot of people get upset. I get comments like this. Just let God judge them. My friend, God already has. And it's our responsibility as believers to not only call this out, but preach the true gospel. You know, we, we've spent more time trying to get mad at people calling out false teachers than false teachers themselves when they are literally leading people to hell. And you want to come with the only God can judge me Tupac line? No, sir, I will obey the Bible. Another day in your life. Now, I know y'all didn't heard that before, but you better hear it again in the Holy Ghost. Turn, tell your neighbor, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Say it again. You're still looking at me. Turn and tell your neighbor, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You're still looking at me. Tell her. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. To say it like that, me. You write it down, Dina, me. To bring good news. This is what God told me. You can't bring somebody, you can't bring something to somebody else that you don't already have in your possession. Praise God that this is not true. I have no righteousness of my own, but by the grace of God, I can present the righteousness of Christ to those who do not have it. That is a blatant, blatant, demonic hell from the pits of hell lie that he is telling to these people. But again, remember, I told you he loves to promise to people all these things he cannot bank. Remember on New Year's when he said this last year was the last year you need. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 hold on. Before we get to that, let's play this clip. Last year was the last year you needed a miracle to get a car. Last year was the last year you needed a miracle to get a mortgage. Last year was the last year. God, God, God said, I'm going to make you rich in substance. And I'm going to make you, he, in other words, he said, I'm going to deal with your money. So they're not going to have a mortgage, <laughs> right? They're going to have the mortgage fully paid off. Well, I get that's why he could promise them three houses on New Year's. Remember that? I, so I want to know, has the first mortgage been paid off so they can get these three houses? Remember, check this out. Because you came in here begging. But God's about to, God's about to flip the script. He's about to shift the roles. And by this time next year, I said by this time next year, by the time we get in here for New Year's Eve 2024, you're going to have at least three houses with your name on them. Some of y'all can't even receive that. What I'm trying to Yes, I will not receive that because it's nowhere in the Bible. Absolute foolishness. Uh, that he uh, taught. One more clip, one more clip. Because you can't minister something to somebody that you don't have. So as a result, 
The devil keeps our churches full of poor folks. Boo-hoo to you, sir. Boo-hoo to you. Now, I'm, I'm sure as a pyramid scheme artist, that's very problematic. <laughs> but as a shepherd of the sheep of God, why do you care about the financial status of your members? We know why you care. Y'all don't like me up and through here. God said, I got to get your money right so that all the rich folk in Atlanta don't go to hell. <laughs> so check this out. My or my Atlanta rich Atlanta neighbor final destination is determined upon my my uh, financial status. So if I really want to see my neighbor saved, what I need to do, according to William Murphy, is get more bread in my pocket, not preach the gospel to them. Not, you know, not, you know, I know we've been doing evangelism like this, you know, hey, sir, you need to repent and trust in Christ and be saved. Place your faith in him and you'll escape the wrath of God. No, what we need to do now is uh, get in real estate to see our neighbor saved. You know what? <laughs> 2024 is already declared William Murphy the worst pastor of the year. There is no ceremony at the end of the year. <laughs> he is the worst. That is terrible, heretical, and nowhere found in the Bible. The God of his belly, he is seeing it. The God of his belly is his money. The love of money is the root of all evil, and he clearly loves money. You know, I listened to the end of this sermon and, you know, you, you remember the New Year's where he kind of invited people. He did the altar call to um, invite people to for him to be the pastor. He did the same thing. So he's been doing this altar call to receive him as their pastor for years. I would play the clip, but it seems that's his weekly deal where he literally begs for members for the new people who come to his church. I don't know why in God's name people would do that, uh, but he uh, does this very often. He does this very often where he invites them to the front of the altar, not to receive Christ, not to even preach the gospel or even a sinner's prayer. I mean, my goodness, that would be better than what he's doing. Um, and I'm not even for the sinner's prayer, but he invites them to receive him like a good charlatan. William Murphy is there. Um, we're going to transition topics, transition topics. Let me just say this. Catherine Crick has a cult following. Catherine Crick has a cult following. Shout out to my man, Dear World Christian. Atlanta must be stopped. Catherine Crick has a cult following where literally people, literally people are worshiping her, her and comparing her to Christ. You guys think I'm joking. I wish I was. Um, now, I didn't know me and Catherine Crick were around the same age. I thought she was a lot older than that. I mean, I don't mean offense. But let me just say this. There is a problem when movements are only led by one head figure. Hierarchical movements where there's only one person at the top always are cultish. Or I won't say always, generally are cultish in nature. And there, Catherine Crick is the only leader of this F5 church or whatever it's called. Um, you guys want to see what I'm talking about when I talk about cultish? Well, here's a little example. I always get speechless every time I do this. I just don't know how to start. But um, one thing that came to mind is that there's no coincidence that you were born on January 1st. There's no coincidence. 
God has a so they're celebrating her birthday, right? They're celebrating her birthday. Uh, sorry for the uh, volume, but hopefully you can still hear. They're celebrating her birthday. Her birthday was on January 1st. And so they have this whole like 20 minute ordeal about her uh, birthday. And let me just say this. I have no problem with people uh, honoring their leaders. The, the scriptures tell us to. But there's a huge chasm between honoring and worshiping your pastor. Uh, you know, when you say things like, I don't know where I would be without you. Okay, now you're borderline on worship. Let me say, say this. The kingdom is not needed of one person. You can be thankful for a leader. You could be appreciative of a leader. But you got to be careful not to place them in a position that they don't belong. And that's clearly what you're going to see in these kind of birthday thank yous here. Uh, let's play this first one. To make you so known on a special day because you are so, he needs you. He needs you for this. And this is the reason why I believe he chose you to be born on January 1st. Because it's New Year's, but it's also your birthday. That is profound. That is so profound. And there's no coincidence you were ordained to born on January 1st because you are called to go to the nations and you are and you are a light to me, to 5F Church and to the world. So thank you and God bless you. Can I give you a hug? So, you know, they do the whole mama thing, which I think is weird, the mama papa thing. Uh, I, I just think that's strange. But I don't know if you caught that. The lady says, God needs you. <laughs> God needs no one, especially heretics. God doesn't need false teachers, for sure. And he needs nobody. He doesn't need sound teachers. God uses people, but he doesn't need them. And the proof that God needs her is she was born on January 1st. <laughs> you want to know how silly these people are? And guys, if you think that's idolatrous, it's going to get worse. That's actually bland and mild. That's classic charismatic stuff right there. It's going to get worse. So apparently God needs her because in proof is she was born on January 1st. <laughs> What's that have to do with anything? <laughs> Maybe he's starting over with you, you know? Uh, very interesting, right? Very interesting. Now, you're going to have, you're going to have a tough time in this video deciphering if this person is talking about Catherine Crick or Jesus. Let's watch this here. Happy birthday, Apostle Catherine. I love you so much. Thank you for laying down your life that we may live and be equipped and transformed. And Catherine Crick laying down her life so others could live, others could be transformed. <laughs> My goodness, this is bad. This is bad. Um, I said this before, but it's so important. I'm going to share it again. Like when I came to 5F, I was dying. I was dying. All the medical institutions had no idea what was wrong with me. All my friends, my family said, you can't have demons. That's impossible. <laughs> and you just looked me in the eyes with the love of God. <laughs> and you said, be free. I honor you. I love you so much. Happy birthday. So the young man was dying. And who did he come for life? Nothing about Jesus in that there. He came to Catherine Creek for life. 
And she's the one who told him, be free, my son, right? Puts the hand over his hand. Be free, my son. Uh, freedom in Catherine Crick's name? I, I mean, I, here I thought it was freedom in Christ. You know, you go to Christ for freedom, but, you know, he came to her. Now, if you think that was bad, if you think those first two were bad, this one may be the worst. This one may be the worst. Let's check this out. We just walked in, but we were worshiping the whole way here from True Grace Church. Apostle Catherine, there is no way to measure the magnitude of what your ministry and what you and the anointing that you carry, the apostle to the nations, has meant in my life. decades God knows I've been wanting more but he held me in a place of where I was continually expecting and looking and when it looked like everything in our church was dead the social media page that you were on was shared to me and I said I must go this is the burning bush that Moses went to. Oh, what? So, what, what, did that, what did I just hear? So Catherine Crick, church, her ministry, her herself, is the burning bush? I thought that was God. I thought that was a Christophany or a Theophany, you know? <laughs> what? That's the burning bush? My goodness, the, the idolatry is strong with this woman. No, ma'am, she's not the burning bush. She may just be burning. I, I, not the burning bush. What? How could you ever say that? No, 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 no. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. The burning bush is Catherine Crick? My goodness. You saved my life. She's a burning bush. She saved your life. I mean, are we talking about Catherine Crick or Jesus here? Like I said, you have a hard time deciphering. Obviously, she's talking about the burning bush. Oh, I mean, sorry. <laughs> she's talking about Catherine Crick. But these are blasphemous titles and, and, and roles and attributes being attributed to her. And Catherine Crick is just sitting there all high and mighty. I would, If someone said, that, said this to me, I would be like, yo, chill. I would tell them this. I would say... I'll say something. Out of my life. Out of my life. Chill. Get yo, bro. Look, you you may be in a state of emotionalism because you appreciate some things I've done, but don't say that ever again, and repent for it. I, I would just be sitting there and yes, my son. You know, nothing like that. God used you to save my life. He showed me there really was an anointing. There really was an apostle who would sow into me, who would see my heart. You're the first person in my life that ever. Yeah, you know, because the Bible doesn't say anything about her heart. Catherine Crick does, though. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Said, recognize the heart of God in me. And you said, have spoken so many words to me without even knowing you were speaking to me, even though you have spoken personally. 
this, this is monumental. And God shows me what this is. And it's like Simeon and Anna seeing Jesus. And saying, <laughs> what? I don't even know what to say. Is exactly what I've been saying. You have a hard time deciphering Jesus from Catherine Crick. Apparently from this lady, it's, a, it's like seeing Jesus. You guys think these people don't worship the ground this lady walks on? In Catherine Crick, if anything should have stopped you, that should have been like, whoa, 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 I am not worthy. I am not worthy to tie a sandal. I would, I would have said, wait a minute. Who are you? No, 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 no. That's what you should have been saying. What? What? What are we talking about? What? Oh my goodness, this lady is so lost. This is why we were kept alive, so the baby could be put in our hands and we could see. <laughs> what? So, apparently Catherine Crick is the messianic figure born to us, a child is born to us, a daughter is given. And we're just blessed to see this baby. Yo. <laughs> Yo. I, 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 I try to leave Catherine Creek alone. Every time I try to leave, something keeps pulling me back, me back. But then I hear stuff like this and I'm like, I gotta say something. That's terrible. She's not the baby. My goodness. The baby put, oh my God. And I am seeing the revival. And I know it's the tip of the iceberg. And I've been coming now 31 months. And you put my testimony in the book, The Secret of the Anointing. And I want to review that book, by the way. Maybe in, some, maybe in the next couple of months. I want to review that book. Uh, because I've heard similar stories like that where, you know, she's presenting a another gospel, another Christian movement. And so I do want to take a look at that. It's just the beginning. And I'm so grateful finally to have a spiritual mother. I'm so grateful to have amazing mentor who lives what she preaches, who is pure in heart. And whatever it means to you, I would say I'm proud of you. And your heart is the most beautiful, pure heart I've ever seen in my life. And it's so easy for me to follow you. It's so easy. You make it so easy for all of us to follow your example, to follow your life, and to come under this anointing where it's safe, where it's powerful. Everything is coming alive in your ministry and in this anointing. And the revival is coming through you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. I love you. Praise be to Catherine Crick, uh, apparently. Uh, like I said, this this is a cult. This is Catherine Crick has a cult out there in California. It is very uh, clear. This is cultish. I mean, <laughs> that was bad. That was very bad. My goodness. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, how cultish, how much more cultish can it get? Well, we're going to transition 
before we go uh, go to an end, I have been, <laughs> some of y'all not going to be able to forget that, but let's talk about something good. Hopefully you consider this good. I want to show you guys a new song. Then we'll, we'll go in a, a quick Q&A and then we'll wrap it up. But I've been working on some music. Some of you guys have stated that they liked some of the intro music I do. Uh, they checked out previous albums I've done. Well, I, I wrote a, a recent song, really it, because I was dealing at the time with a lot of people denying the deity of Christ. And so, hope you check this out. Hope you like it. See, this is why you want to listen to a live, because afterwards, I'll probably edit this out. And so, you won't be able to see this afterwards. But let's check it out. Hope you guys enjoy this song. Let's vibe together. Let's rock out together. soon on Spotify and all that uh, yeah it, it is not out yet see that's why you, you guys want to listen to a live because you catch exclusives like that I, I may do that for the next live as well play a song that I haven't released you guys tell me if it's hot or not uh, but we'll get into some Q&A here in a second but yeah uh, so you guys ask your questions uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> hold on Corey says uh, yeah yeah he would never play this at his church I, yeah it's got too much uh, that's got too much uh, theology Right, it, it doesn't have enough uh, twerking, twerking and stuff in that. <laughs> Who is flowing? That's me. That's me. You know, some of y'all don't know. Some of you guys don't know I do music. Go to kateuptrue.com, kateuptrue.com. Uh, go to the section on music. Go check out my previous work. Uh, a lot of my music on Spotify and things like that, or iTunes. Uh, yeah, kateuptrue.com. Let me put that in the chat. And y'all can listen to as much music as you would like, as your hearts desire. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I need to. I need to put some. Uh, get get it, uh, Put some. I got some new music that I haven't released. 
and things like that. Uh, but yeah, hope y'all enjoyed that song. Yeah, let's get into some, a quick Q&A. Let's, hey man, feel free to ask your questions. Ask your questions away. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not for the culture. Hey, that's fine. The culture's on the way to hell. So yes, I am not for it. <laughs> uh, someone said, see, 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 uh, I, I, hold on. Let me, let me see. He says, I th that's you flowing. Yeah, I thought you... See, some people don't even know I do music. The inch, the All Things Theology intro, that's me. See, some people don't even know that. See, you know, because I have this, like, weird, like, like, man, I don't like promoting myself and, like, kind of, like, talking about me. And so people are like, man, you need to because most people don't know you do this. And I'm like, ah, they'll stumble across it. Yeah, they'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> most people don't know I do music. Uh, so that's that's crazy. All right. So, but yeah, I've been doing music for a long time, put out multiple projects, um, albums, things like that. So yeah, y'all check it out, kdubtrue.com. Yeah, I'm in D DFW. If you're looking for a church, come hit us up, Heritage Grace Community Church in Frisco. And so yeah, I'm in DFW. Man, it's cold and rainy today, man. I had to bring out the hoodie. I had to bring out the hoodie today, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's cold and rainy here, man, and so... I'm like cold in my offices earlier, you know, but hey, nothing a little Waterloo won't fix. Some say this cures all bad doctrine. <laughs> Look at me. You want to have sound doctrine like me? <laughs> Drink some water. A Waterloo a day will take the heresy away. Some have said that, not saying it's biblical or not. That's just what some have said. Ah, that's the good stuff. That's some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I hope you guys like that uh, project. Again, ask questions, ask questions. We'll get in a quick Q&A. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad y'all like the music, man. Uh, I try to make sound doctrinal music. And so, uh, yeah, I need to put out some more. When you dropping another album, bro? Uh, man, I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> good question i definitely would keep y'all in tune you know what for my members i need to drop more music that's what i'm going to do soon for those who are members i'm going to be dropping more music so that hey if you want to hear stuff early before it comes out you want to become a member see this stuff i hate talking about but a lot of people's like um let us know about this stuff so there you go uh let's see what denomination are you man i am a boom baptist <laughs> I am reformed in my uh, soteriology. I'm Baptist in my ecclesiology. So yes, I am as Baptist as they come. I put the boom in the boom Baptist. Repent and believe. Y'all put it backwards. <laughs> See, that's some stuff I haven't released. See? Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, question. Are you going back on a schedule with going live? I will be doing more lives. Uh, probably won't be doing them weekly. Maybe bi-weekly but yes i'm going to be back doing lives it was hard for a while i was doing lives like every week uh twice a week but then you know my son was born and you know i had to take time to you know help him out plus he's screaming in the background and so it was, it was a little hard to do that so but yeah i want to do more lives do you think alistair Begg affirms homosexuality i don't think he affirms it obviously i think he was wrong in what he said about attending a trans wedding I, I am hopeful that uh, Alistair Begg, because he knows sound doctrine, will repent of what he said. But I don't, I, I, matter of fact, I know, I know he doesn't. I know he doesn't. Um, so I, I thought his statement was very confusing. He, he shouldn't have said that. There's no, there's no justification. I can't defend him. He shouldn't have said what he said. 
But uh, yeah, uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else we got. Huh. Yeah, that's right. Jesus is God. He's king. He's the God king, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, so. Yeah, I have a, uh, he, he'll, my, my son, he will be seven months uh, tomorrow. Or not tomorrow. <laughs> next, next Monday. He'll be seven months. It is crazy. Some of you guys know. Some of you guys don't know. We adopted our son. Uh, and it's official now. He is officially a dub. In, in our minds, in our hearts, we always felt it was official. Like, we, we just treat him like our son day one, right? But we he's officially a dub. A, a, Lord willing, a Mr. A junior all things theology. <laughs> you know, and so, man, we are, we are excited, uh, proud parents. And uh, it is a blessing to be a father. I know my wife feels uh, same for as far as being a mother. And so we are ecstatic. It has been a joy and a blessing. Um, yeah, man, hit me up. Yeah, hit me up. Hit me up, man. And so, yeah, man, being a father is good, man. Being a father is good. Uh, yeah, yeah, appreciate all those who gave to our adoption. People appreciate all those who prayed for our adoption. Uh, and so we, we need to do another update on our uh, 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 on our Williams Adoption Journey page. Yeah, we need to... Uh, we need to do another update, man. He's getting big. He's, man, that Joker is, <laughs> man, that Joker is uh, pretty funny. He's a, he's a, he's a high, he's, he's got a lot of energy as a baby. You know, I, you know, I don't, look, any questions y'all want to ask, I, I could talk about my, uh, I could talk about my son all day. Um, so yeah, let's see. Selman says, is that your, uh, is that a picture of you and your wife on your bookshelf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife is super camera shy. Like she don't, she's, she's like, if you talk to her in person, she's obviously very reciprocative, reciprocative of conversation, but like to come on a lot, she, she hates doing videos. She, she, she would, <laughs> like if I called her in and she'd be like, don't please no, you know? So she, she does not like being on the uh, main stage. She says, let me do my thing. And she supports and things like that. But yeah, that is my wife. Right right there yeah there we go right there so <laughs> that's from a few years ago we need an updated picture you know i've aged since then you know my wife has it you know she stays the same stays looking young you know she's about in her 20s you know what i mean <laughs> it's a joke for you women out there but um but yeah 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 question you believe jesus is god absolutely you didn't just hear the song Jesus is God. Yes, I do believe Jesus is God. He is Yahweh. He is not the Father, not to be confused with that. Matter of fact, I do have a video I'm going to be uh, releasing soon where I'm responding to Young Don, little cartoon video where he's denying the deity of Christ. And I believe I'm going to present evidence of the case that Jesus is God as well as, um, you know, refuting his position someone said dw has a question let's see i didn't see it if he asked it send it again because i did not see it yeah yeah i didn't see it um so yeah I'm, i am fully uh, uh a firm believer in the deity of christ not in some 
divine man, some kind of lower essence person who saved us. No, only God can save us from our sins. And so, yeah, that is why I believe it. Um, yeah, Young Don, unfortunately, is still around on these streets, uh, <laughs> changing his position every week. So <laughs> we'll see what he believes next week. Uh, let's see. What do I think about Greek life fraternities? Well, a lot of them are rooted in paganism. Uh, you know, and so I, I am definitely not a fan of Greek, Greek life uh, fraternities. I know, uh, what's this sister's name? Um, Miss Titus too has done a lot of work on that. If you want to check her out, she has, she has a lot more knowledge when it comes to that situation, to those, uh, topics. I think she's presented some great work on that. So check her out if you want to know more, but yeah, as, as of just to answer your question, I do not, um, support Greek life fraternities. Uh, let's see here. Oh, here. Oh, my goodness. Not this question. <laughs> uh, who would be more irksome to discuss the gospel with Captain Crick's cult or the Hebrew Israelites? You know, I, I would probably say the Hebrew Israelites, funny enough. Man, it's been a while since I've dealt with them, but um, <laughs> they are some of the most cultish, anti-gospel groups I've ever met. Um, so, yeah, I would probably go with them. It's even hard listening to them because it's so vulgar, cursing, uh, just talking, uh, just vile language. You know, I mean, one of the immediate things or one of the things that, you know, a, a Christian is concerned about is their tongue. You know, James talks about the tongue, right? Like, you know, and so they, they have no control over that. You know, they curse. They, I mean, they go to clubs. I mean, it's like, and I'm, I'm broad brushing because I'm thinking of groups who have. Not, not to say that everyone has, but I think people know what I mean for the most part. But yeah, they're... Even the, the good Hebrew Israelites are still doctrinally bad. And so, so yeah, I would answer the Hebrew Israelites. So, yeah. Um, yeah, stubborn and vulgar, absolutely, uh, to say the least. Yeah, any more questions? Any more questions? Um, let's see what we got here. Um, yeah, if there's no more questions, then we'll, we'll bring it to a close if, if, if. No more questions. But yeah, you want to go to kwtrue.com. I'm trying to get more things on the website. Uh, for now, it has music, um, things like that. What I'm trying to do is write blogs or you know articles. I want to do uh, do a little more stuff like that when it comes to writing. I hate writing. I absolutely hate it. But some people prefer uh, reading over watching video. So I want to do just a little, offer a little more. Um, I just want to do, uh, offer a little more for, you know, different audiences. So that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and, and, uh, maybe offer some, uh, people to write on the blog. We'll see. Obviously got to be in a church and things like that. Sound doctrine. And so definitely, uh, trying to do more on the website side of things. Uh, matter of fact, let, let me bring it up here so people can see that I actually do have a website. <laughs> Kateuptrue.com. Um, Let's see. Yeah, yeah. So you go to kateuptrue.com. This is what you'll see. This is all things theology. You can go to music. Uh, you can go to, you know, obviously it brings you to my uh, uh, my my YouTube channel, things like that. So, yeah, check that out. Things like that. Uh, let's see. What do you think about the Church of Nazarene? Uh, I, I am not, um, I guess, privy to that. Um 
So I wouldn't able to be able to answer your question. Sorry about that. Uh, can look into it. But as of now, I'm not privy to that uh, church if there's a specific one. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Answer that. Guy died for our sins. Where is that? Guy died for our sins. Scripture. Wax 2028 20, speaks about. Uh, 2028. Let me see. Yeah, especially in the KJV, it, it talks about. Um, yeah. It says, pay careful to your attention to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. This is the ESV, by the way. It says, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. So it's speaking about God, right, who is a fully God, fully man who died for our sins. Jesus is talked about as being God. He's also said to die for our sins. Very biblical point there. Um, let's see. When are you going to do a video of how you left the charismatic? Um, I, so I haven't done a, a video fully devoted to that. Uh, it was very early in my Christian walk. I mean, I grew up charismatic. I'll just kind of give a brief overview. I grew up charismatic and, um, sorry, grew up charismatic. When I actually became a Christian, that was the only church I knew of. Uh, and so it really simple just <laughs> I, I, to answer your question. I, I will have to do a video of how and why I left the charismatic church and movement to say that. Is it possible to have a converse combo over the about the Trinity? I guess you mean over the over the Trinity. Uh, the, I mean, sure, we can have a conversation about it. Uh, yeah, let me know what you believe and things like that. Maybe you can email me. Uh, do you believe that Catherine Coleman was on point with her prophecies? <laughs> no, <laughs> I believe Catherine Coleman was a uh, false teacher. Absolutely not. Uh, you know, so let's see. What is about praying on tongues? I'm kind of confused on the question. Are you asking me my view? I believe that praying in tongues, well, you can do that in any um, language. Um, so, but if you're speaking about speaking in tongues, uh, I believe that's a language God gives as a gift to someone who doesn't know the language. You can see that very clearly in Acts chapter two, and uh, he uses that communicate to other people. And so I don't believe it's the Shandada Kamenahanda, Kamenyabazaki, you know, that's not speaking in tongues biblically. Uh, so yeah. Uh, do you consider Christmas pagan? It's, it, it depends on what you mean. Um, I think the commercialization of Christmas is pagan where, you know, it's just, it's not about Jesus. It's mostly about gifts and other things like that. But I don't believe Jeremiah 10 is speaking about Christmas, if that's what you're speaking about. Uh, Christmas is a time where I believe Christians um, uh, consider maybe more than other seasons, the incarnation of Christ. And so uh, I don't think that's pagan to consider the incarnation. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but it would depend on what you mean and define as Christmas. So if you, if you just mean giving gifts and Santa and, uh, reindeers, uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not in for that stuff and I, I don't do that in my house and, uh, yeah. But if you mean celebrating when God became flesh, uh, when God took on flesh, um, to, to speak more accurately, then uh, no, that's not pagan at all. That's biblical. And so, yeah. That was the early discussions on Christmas, actually. But yeah, um, 
Very interesting. Well, maybe I'll answer a question or two before I bring this to a close. Y'all gotta get Waterloo. You got to get some Waterloo. If you don't have Waterloo, I don't know what you do without the Waterloo, right? Uh, uh, let's see. So can we make the statement that God died? Um, if we can make the statement um, God shed the blood, I'm, I don't see any problem with it. Jesus is God. He died. Yeah, I mean, dying doesn't mean a existent, uh, a, uh, dying doesn't mean a uh, cease to exist, right? Though we die, we will still exist once we die. So, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Any more? Any more questions? Yeah, that's right. He's still alive. Jesus is alive. Buddha is dead. Gandhi is dead. <laughs> Some of y'all may know that song. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Jesus is still alive. Death does not mean a existence of being. Jesus did not cease to exist on the cross. So, <laughs> okay. What is your... What is your take on Israel today versus Israel in the Bible? Well, the question presupposes you believe there is a difference. Well, I would hold that the true Israel are the believers. The Bible talks about those who believe or the circumcised, the circumcised in heart are the true Israel. And so I know this is not a popular belief, but the Israel of God points to the people of God. That is those who are spiritually Israel. Um, matter of fact, and then you have in, uh, I think it's in Romans where it talks about, um, I mean, those that not of Israel, just because they descend from Israel. So God is ne God has always been concerned about the spiritual aspect, not the physical, uh, when it comes to the true Israel. Um, but notice what it says in Philippians two, it says, look out for the dogs and it, very interesting that he's calling those, the Judaizers, dogs, a common reference to Gentiles. So let that mess with your theology there. It says, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. So they're very clearly talking about the Judaizers. For we are, speaking of the believers, the brethren, are the circumcision. Commonly referenced to, right, of the Jews. But now he's using this as a reference to the body of Christ. Right, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And so, yeah, that's what that would be my take on it. Um, I'm sure people have different uh, distinctions, but that's my view. But, uh, but yeah, if that's not the last one, we will wrap it up here, man. I appreciate you guys for joining me here today and having a good conversation and hope it was edifying to you all. So, to the next time, y'all. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Hey, to the next time, y'all. Grace and peace.